We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This hour is brought to you by Northeast Electrical, where pros need pros at nico.com. Time now for the Brian Barrett Show on EEI. All right, welcome in. We are with you until midnight. Let's go. Now, if you want to wait in the Celtics, you certainly can. Did last night change your opinion of this team at all? I got a real take on the coach. Something that he said last night really pissed me off. I'll get into that in greater detail in a little bit. So if you want to wait in the Celtics, you certainly can. It's 617-779-7937. Other stuff on the table, of course, tonight. How much are you looking forward to this game against the Colts? And are you confident as a Patriots fan that the Pats are going to go into Indianapolis and beat that Colts team? 617-779-7937 is the number. So before I get into detail on this game and something I'm really looking forward to in this one, I just felt it was worth mentioning this. So growing up, Manning versus Brady. I should say Brady versus Manning, right? You got to put Tom first. Brady versus Manning was the greatest rivalry in the history of the NFL. I know you're going to give me all the 49ers and the Cowboys, whatever. The best player v. player rivalry, and I know they technically aren't on the field at the same time. It was Brady versus Manning. This is a discussion we always had, not just here locally, but nationally. Well, Peyton has the MVPs. Peyton puts up all the numbers, but Tom's the guy that won. Which guy do you side with, right? I mean, that was a huge discussion point for us for 15 years, right? For 15 years. Think about this. Peyton Manning is already in the Hall of Fame. He retired after the 2015 season. This is just crazy to think about. So counting the postseason, Brady, since Manning retired, his greatest rival, like think about it from Magic Johnson versus Larry Bird. Now, Magic had to step away because of HIV, but then he came back. But ultimately, they were pretty much done in terms of their primes at similar times, and you could even argue Larry before Magic because he was dealing with the back injury. Now, of course, Larry won the three consecutive MVPs. Last guy to ever do it, by the way, 84, 85, 86. Michael Jordan never did that. LeBron James never did that. But anyway, just getting back to the original point as it pertains to the Larry versus Magic thing, they were pretty much done at the same time, right, in terms of their prime careers and their winning ways. Manning Brady were around the same age. Manning's a little bit older, but they're a same, around the same age. Manning was drafted in, what, 1999? So these guys were competitors at the same time for 15 years. And since Manning retired, counting the postseason, Tom has 289 touchdown passes. He has 12 playoff wins. He has three Super Bowls. He has two Super Bowl MVPs. He has one MVP, and he's about to win another. 
Unless you ask Mike Lombardi because he says that Aaron Rodgers is the MVP, which is an absolute joke. But nonetheless, you get the point. Think about that. This was the greatest rivalry that most of us ever experienced. Now, I know if you grew up or if you are older than I and you got to experience what went on with the 80s with Larry versus Magic, you may put that into the conversation. But for me personally, that was a great—and I know you had Yankees, Red Sox, but really— after that 4 brawl, there wasn't really much there. I mean, when's the last time they actually, like, I know they beat him in the wild card this year, of course. That was awesome. Great night at Fenway and all that. And they beat him in 18. But really, since that 4 comeback, there hasn't really been a great Red Sox-Yankees rivalry, if you will, right, in terms of great series that you see them facing off in the postseason. That was the greatest rivalry here locally, and I would argue nationally because the NFL is the biggest story. For 15 years, they played every year because Peyton and Tom were always going to win their division, so it didn't matter. They were going to play it each and every year. And now Brady's essentially had a Hall of Fame career since his biggest competitor retired. It's just fascinating to think about. But anyway, let's get on to the current because this Colts team and this Patriots team, I guess you can argue this Patriots team is kind of similar to the early 2000s teams, but these Colts are nothing like the Peyton Manning Colts that were based around the pass game. And their defenses were more soft than anything else. I mean, Bill Polian has said in the past, he built his defense with pass rushers, right? That's why he's Freeney and he has Mathis because he expects to be up in those games. So he wants pass rushers. He doesn't think about getting big defensively and all that different type of stuff. So it was kind of a soft team back then. And this team is much more tougher and built sort of like a team that should be playing outdoors, quite frankly. They're built around their running game. Their defense has been pretty good for the majority of the season as well, although some of their numbers seem to be a little bit off because they feast so much on turnovers, etc. But it's a totally different looking team than the Colts have had in the past during the Peyton Manning era, and Carson Wentz is their quarterback. But the biggest news so far this week is you have a team, of course, that is on hard knocks, and you also have a team who... They're starting to talk a little bit about what they're looking for in this matchup. So this was on Monday. Bobby Okariki, I believe is how you say his last name. Okariki. Well, you guys have seen a couple of rookie quarterbacks already this year. How does Mac Jones compare to the other guys that you've seen? I think he's good. Uh, he's confident back there. He's got a good uh, command of the offense. Um, but, you know, we're really going to try to make the game one-dimensional and see what he can do. So uh, we're excited for the challenge. Okay, so that comment – could seem controversial in nature, but do you think this is like bulletin board material for the Patriots? 617-779-7937, the number. So first of all, he's right in terms of what he's saying. Like, that should be the game plan that the Colts have, but you don't want to give anybody bulletin board material, right? Especially after, and I'm, I know it's not happening internally, but externally, people have questioned, well, how much does Bill and Josh McDaniels actually trust Mac Jones, if he only threw the ball three times, how many times would have Tom Brady thrown the ball against that team, right? That's kind of been a narrative here locally. Now, I believe it's just part of the game plan. I'm not pissed off about it or anything. I think Mac did what the coaching staff asked him to do, and I don't particularly feel like it meant that they don't have confidence in Mac or anything along those lines. I don't feel that way at all, but some people in the fan base and some people more in the media than the fan base, quite frankly, are trying to push that narrative out there. I didn't believe in it. So when you look at it from a Patriots perspective, this is something they could use to rally around their young quarterback, right? In terms of motivation, in terms of Mac getting hyped up for the game, because I do truly feel what he's saying is the correct game plan to play the Patriots. I mean, quite frankly, if you look at it, that's been what's happening against the Patriots for the majority of the season. So if you look at on the year, Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris, 
Stevenson sees at least eight men in the box 41% of the time. That's via next-gen stats. That's second in the NFL. So when Stevenson's on the field, you're getting an eight-man box. How about Damian Harris? 31.7% of the time, he is getting an eight-man box when he's on the field. That's ninth in the NFL. So you have two guys in the top ten in the NFL out of qualified running backs in terms of having eight men in the box. This is the strategy that most teams in the NFL have deployed all season long against the Patriots. And quite frankly, it's the right one. Because I understand that the weapons have been upgraded, but it's not as if they got the combination that, like, say, the Rams have with Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham Jr., right? It's not that type, or especially Tom Brady. It's not like you have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and when Gronk's out there and healthy like he was last week, and I don't even know if they're going to get Antonio Brown back. Quite frankly, I don't particularly think they need him. But you get the point. They don't have the best weapons in the world. They have an untested quarterback, if you will. Now, he's thriving in his rookie season. But he's not exactly Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Kylo Murray, or anything along those lines at this particular point in time. That should be the strategy. But this is what I will say. Mac has been successful against that type of defense, especially as of late. Now, you kind of throw out the Buffalo game because that's a weird game to begin with because of the wind conditions and all that, 30-mile-an-hour winds. We all know the history of that game already, right? So you throw that game out the window. Well, let's look at the last team that really loaded up against the Patriots running game. And that would have been the Tennessee Titans a couple of weeks ago. Okay, so in that game, Damian Harris saw eight-man boxes 36% of the time, which was above his season average. In that game where the Titans said, hey, we're selling out to stop the run, Mac Jones that game had a 123.2 quarterback rating. That was first in the NFL that week. So he had the best passer rating in the entire NFL when the Titans loaded up and say, hey, Mac beat us. And I know he missed that throw to Hunter Henry. I understand that. But overall, he's really good in that game. 23 of 32, 310 yards, two touchdowns, and zero interceptions. So Mac has proven this year that when a team sells out to stop him by continually putting eight men in the box, he can burn you in the passing game. Remember, in the first half against the Titans, that was really the only way the Patriots were moving the ball. Now, eventually, after Tennessee starts to turn the ball over a little bit in that second half, The running game came alive. Damian Harris, especially that last drive of the game, he had like back-to-back, what, 15-yard runs. But overall, in the first half, your offense, now you would like to be better in the red zone, but overall, your offense was moving the ball up and down the field because of Mac Jones in the passing game. And when I look at this Colts defense, they do a lot of things well in terms of turning you over, et cetera. But one of the weaknesses of this Colts defense has been their pass defense. And Mac Jones, we know, already gets rid of the ball quickly. He's top five in the NFL in time to throw right. He gets rid of it very quick, right? So if you look at it on the season, the Colts defense, opponents passer rating 91.6. That is 16th in the NFL. Not good. Here's the big one. Mac Jones, who gets rid of the ball quick, he's going to have plenty of time in this game because the Colts pressure rate, 19.4%. That's 30th in the NFL. They do not get after the quarterback. Their opponent's completion percentage, 65.2. That is 14th in the NFL. That's not great. So you get where I'm going here. The Colts defense, in terms of the pass defense, has not been overly successful this season. And it's not like they have a lot of good corners either. You're talking about Xavier Rhodes, who kind of rejuvenated himself in Indianapolis, but not a great player at this point. Kenny Moore, Rocky Asin. So you don't exactly have a lot of name brand guys in terms of that secondary. And they're not a team that switches it up. They're not a very diverse defense, not to get into details, but Matt Eberflus, who Josh McDaniels, of course, hired there before Josh McDaniels said, hey, I'm not going. 
to Indianapolis. But when you look at it, they're not a team that switches things up a lot like the Patriots. They are chameleons. They morph from a game-to-game aspect. The Colts don't do that. And they've already told you what the defensive game plan is. They're selling out to stop the run. So one of the questions that we've had in terms of this Patriots offense, well, can you win a game when Mac Jones has to carry the offense? I would argue to some degree he did it against the Tennessee Titans, although you could throw back at me, well, they didn't have all their players. It wasn't the same team with Tennessee. Like, you didn't have to deal with, hey, their offense was putting up points, so Mac had to put up points. So I understand that. I'll say that that's a fair point. But my overwhelming point about this is, so for everybody two weeks ago that had questions about Mac Jones and had questions about the Patriots offense in terms of, well, how much does Bill really trust Mac and how much does Josh McDaniels really trust Mac if they only throw it three times in that game against the Buffalo Bills? Well, this game Saturday night is going to tell you one way or the other because he's going to throw the ball a whole lot. So if Mac Jones comes out of that game and he puts up good numbers against this Colts defense and this Colts pass defense, I'm wondering if the people that are questioning Mac, especially in the media in terms of the game plan, and I know Lou Merloni's mentioned it multiple times, he felt like Mac didn't participate in the game because he didn't throw the ball. So I would wonder, coming off this game, if Mac puts up really good numbers, will people turn to the other side of things and say, okay, that game on Monday night against the Buffalo Bills, that was just Bill executing the game plan, Josh executing the game plan, And Mack in this game against the Colts put up good numbers and he was the reason you won. Because obviously he wasn't the reason you beat the Buffalo Bills. But Mack, I feel like Saturday night, this is a game where Mack Jones is going to have to be one of the real reasons that the Patriots win. Because one of the scary things about playing this Colts defense is the fact that they are very good in terms of turning you over. So the Colts are turning over their opponents on 18.9% of possessions. Think about that. That is a high number. The Patriots are second in the NFL at 18.7. So... If you look at it in terms of the Colts, 15 interceptions on the season, which is fourth in the league, and they have 14 fumbles. And the closest team to them is Arizona at 11. So they are trying to turn you over because their defense, for the most part, it looks good in terms of some of the raw numbers, but in terms of success rate and all that different type of stuff, teams have been able to put up good numbers on the Colts, especially in the passing game. So some of those numbers are deceiving in terms of their totals because they're causing so many turnovers. So that's another thing that Max got to be careful with in terms of the game on Saturday night is he's got to be careful in terms of turning the football over because this Colts team, that's where they live. They live turning you over. If Mac can play a clean game, the Patriots should win this thing on Saturday night. Now, the other big concern would be what do you do with Jonathan Taylor, right? Because this is going to be the talk throughout the week is this guy is pretty much superhuman. And quite frankly, if he beats, or if the Colts beat, I should say, if the Colts beat the Patriots on Saturday night, Jonathan Taylor is going to be getting some serious consideration. Now, I believe Brady's going to win it, but Jonathan Taylor is going to start to become a factor in the MVP conversation because he's kind of like that outlier candidate where he's the running back that's the best player on a team that could be in the postseason. Right now, they're not, but the Colts, of course, could be in the postseason. You look at it on the season. He There's nothing he doesn't do well. 2.9 yards after contact, that's second in the NFL. 691 yards after contact, so it's very difficult to bring this guy down. The only other running back that is over 500 is Nick Chubb at 507. So he's at 691 yards after contact. The guy second on the list is Nick Chubb at 507. He has 86 first downs. No other running back has over 60. 5.6 yards per carry, best among qualified running backs. 
657 yards before contact. That's first in the NFL. No other running back is over 600. So he's been the best running back before contact, and he's been the best running back after contact. But here's the thing. Is Bill Belichick really going to let this guy beat him? The one player on the team, the one player on the offense that you're overly concerned about is Jonathan Taylor. We've seen so many times in the past, when you only have one way to beat a team, or when you only have one way to beat the Patriots, you're screwed. You have no chance whatsoever. That's why I don't think we got an accurate assessment of what the Titans are. Because even though, from my perspective, Tannehill's not a great quarterback, if he has A.J. Brown, I don't even know what to make out of Julio Jones. He was not good the other day. I, I know he had five receptions, but essentially for nothing in terms of the yardage. But if he has Derrick Henry and he has those guys, well, they have a passing game and they have a running game. When I look at this Patriots team, I don't see a team challenging this defense unless you can do two things. And when I look at the Indianapolis Colts, I see one way that they can beat the Patriots, and that's with Jonathan Taylor rushing the ball incredibly efficiently and for a lot of yardage as well. Not just efficiently, but bulk yardage. And from my perspective, I just don't see Bill letting Jonathan Taylor do that to the defense. I see him selling out to stop Jonathan Taylor and daring Carson Wentz to beat him. But I do truly feel like when we look at this game, that game last Monday night was so much about Bill and the game planning and embarrassing McDorm and McDermott. This game coming up on Saturday, and I know it's a team effort and Mac's a rookie and all this, this feels like the Mac game. This feels like the game where Mac Jones has the opportunity to say, yeah, I'm not, in Wiggy's words, a passenger. I'm not just along for the ride. I'm here, and I know that I can carry the football team when I need to. I feel like that opportunity is going to be presented to Mac Jones. On Saturday night, he is going to get that opportunity. The Colts have already told us what they're going to do. They are selling out to stop Stevenson, and we'll see if Harris is available. He was limited at practice today, but you get the point. Their goal is to shut that down and say, hey, I dare you to beat us. Mac Jones is going up against a passing defense that is not very good. He needs to step up, and I'm not, like, criticizing that. This is an indictment on Mac, okay? I don't want to get way out of control here. But this is a game where Mac's going to be the reason you win it, and I believe he's going to be. 617-779-7937 is the number. What are your expectations for this game Saturday night? If the game is on Mac's shoulders against the Colts, do you believe he can get it done? Let's get to Tommy's in Boston. Tom, what's up, man? How you doing? Uh, good. Good to talk to you. Uh, you know, I, I really like this kid, Mac, Mac Jones. He's really good. Uh, he's no Brady, but he reminds you a little of Brady. He does. He's very, very accurate. He doesn't have the, the mature arm yet to really fire it in there. You know what I mean? Fire it quick. and uh, But he, he, he'll he get that in two or three years. What do you mean now, by I that, Tom? He gets rid of the ball awfully quick. I don't get your point. Yeah, you know, it's, it's speed. It's going to be more speed. He gets rid of the ball quick. Oh, you want him to, you want him to be, get a stronger he, arm. Yeah, yeah. He's getting like 50 miles an hour now. He'll probably be up to 55 soon. And maybe 60 in three to five years, 60 miles an hour, <laughs> right. really fired in there. All right. And uh, but but he's a, he's he's a, I like him. He he'll do pretty good uh, with this season. I think he, they're going to make the playoffs with him. I mean, with this team, Brady would make the uh, Super Bowl. Yeah, they, with, I mean, Tom, uh, they're nine Brady. and four. Obviously, they're going to make yeah. the playoffs. Oh yeah, they, yeah, good. But I I really predicted they wouldn't do much. But I didn't really understand that Matt Jones. Matt Jones was really. Uh, He's pretty accurate, and he he just needs a few years, a few years, and he'll really be. A, I think he's a super quarterback. I think he's going to be really good. I don't think anybody could be as good as Brady, but uh, he'll he'll do pretty good for the Pats. All right, Tom, appreciate the call, man. His line's open if you want to grab it at six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven is the number. 
Look, what the Patriots have done, and in particular what Bill Belichick has done with Mac Jones, is he built a team that is not quarterback-dependent, right? If you look at what the Chargers are doing right now, and by the way, did you see that throw that Herbert made on Sunday? Holy crap. How many quarterbacks in the NFL could actually make that throw? I mean, that guy is ridiculously talented. But think about that. The Chargers don't run the ball. They have this guy where they're putting everything on the quarterback. And he may get his team to the postseason. He's got a huge game Thursday night against Pat Mahomes. And he already beat Pat Mahomes. And I know technically he doesn't go head-to-head with Pat Mahomes. But he beat that team earlier this season. And maybe he is the next version of Aaron Rodgers at the NFL. Where he can just carry a team year after year after year. Maybe that's the case with him. But what Belichick did, and in particular for Mac, is he built a team where they're not asking the quarterback to be Pat Mahomes, to be Justin Herbert, to be Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't have to carry the football team. Now, in certain games, there is going to be defenses and schemes that are daring Mac to beat them, and they're going to limit Ramondre Stevenson, and they're going to limit Damian Harris, and Mac's going to have to do it. And so far, we saw against the Titans when that particular defense presents itself, Mac has been up to the task. But I do think that that's part of the brilliance of this roster building is you have a really good offensive line, you have two really good running backs, and you have a great defense as well. So there is going to be an opportunity, maybe Saturday night, for Mac to be the reason you win a game, but he doesn't have to be each and every week. And that's the difference between where Mac's at in his rookie year and all these other quarterbacks across the NFL. Mac had structure, and Mac has good coaching, Mac has a good organization. Think about this, and you juxtapose it to all these other teams. You had the Bears with Justin Fields. And I like Justin Fields as a prospect. I really do. But you have his coach at halftime saying that he's having so much fun. I mean, think about that. Can you imagine Bill saying that at halftime of a game? I'm having so much fun. The guy's a complete buffoon. You look at their guys, and I bet Fourier could talk to this better than I can, but Collinsworth mentioned it on the broadcast. They don't run the right routes. They don't run the right routes. And you're talking about week 14 of the season. They're not doing it, which is incredible, right? Think about Trey Lance. Well, Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback right now. That guy's not even playing, and they gave up two first-round picks for the guy. Unbelievable. Trevor Lawrence came out publicly, and he said that James Robinson, the running back, needs to be playing more. And not Carlos Hyde. He didn't point out Carlos Hyde, but Carlos Hyde was playing more. I mean, there was a situation the other day. Where Carlos Hyde was grabbing his jersey because he was tired, he wanted to come out, and they sent him back on the field because they didn't want James Robinson to play. He's dealing with the whole Urban Meyer debacle as well. Zach Wilson plays for the Jets. And look, I don't know if Robert Sala is ever going to be a coach, good coach. We don't know. But look at who's running that organization. Woody Johnson is an idiot. He cannot run a football team. The guy has not been a good owner for that team. He's got a lot of money, but he's not a good owner, right? So if you just look at all these other situations in the NFL, Mac's been put in the perfect situation. So I'm not trying to undermine what Mac has done as a player because I think he's going to be the reason the Patriots went on Saturday night. I truly do. I think he's going to put up an insane number in terms of the completion percentage. It's going to be over 70%. The rating's going to be over 110. And Mac's going to be the reason you win because I don't think this Colts, and I know I should say that this Colts pass defense is not great. But... I also think that we need to acknowledge that Mac is in a much better situation than all these other rookie quarterbacks. And this is how you should build it. Think about it. A quarterback on a rookie contract when you have all this money to spend in other places, you want to make sure you plug in a guy and he's in a perfect situation where you're not asking to do too much. That's why so many of these young quarterbacks fail. Justin Herbert was going to succeed no matter where he went. But that doesn't mean he was in a good situation last year with Anthony Lynn. The reason that Justin Herbert is good 
is because he is like an insane thrower of the football, passer of the football. But how many other quarterbacks throughout history have we seen that don't have Herbert's skill level? They went to the wrong organization and they sucked. Like if you just look at what Mac's doing, you could fill in a bunch of quarterbacks that would be successful this year. And look, because of the contract, it's great. But if Matt Ryan was the Patriots quarterback, if Kirk Cousins was the Patriots quarterback, those guys would put up really good numbers here as well. But when you look at some of these other quarterbacks that come out and they flame out, it's because they're in the wrong situation. So Max in the right situation and he's thriving in the right situation. All right. 617-779-7937 is the number. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. There is one other real reason I'm feeling confident about the Patriots on Saturday. I'll tell you what that is in just a little bit here on WEI. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend a only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're right back to what you want to hear. More of Brian Barrett on EEI. Well, I was curious if either you or anybody on your staff is assigned to watch Hard Knocks with the Colts on it, is, is there anything for, on a show like that that you might find that might be useful for you, for your preparation when you have a team you're playing against? Same idea with the Cowboys having been on it in the in the preseason and you guys playing the Cowboys. Is that is that something that uh, that you guys study just in case that there's uh, there's information? Right, well, we have we have people in our organization that um, scout the games in advance. Um, of when we play the team so starting you know two or three weeks before we play them they start to you know really track those teams and and you know see how injuries have affected or if they've shifted their style of play or you know whatever's whatever's happened with the team um so we, we track most everything those teams and you know any team that we play does and then you know, depending on the relevance or importance of that information, then you know, at some point it gets relayed down the line. <laughs> That's Bill talking about hard knocks with the Colts. I do find that my favorite part of that is he says, we track almost everything on most teams we play. So he's basically saying, yeah, we look at the hard knock stuff. He doesn't want to come out and say that, but he's saying, yeah, we look at the hard knock stuff. Basically he's saying, these teams are complete idiots for doing the hard knocks. That's essentially what he's saying about the Colts. Like, why the hell would a team want to do that in season? I'll tell you why. Because their owner 
is a complete buffoon. That's the reason they want to do that is because they want this to be, or the owner wants this, Jim Ursay wants it to be about him. He wants to be the star. That's why this is something going on. I mean, by the way, if you haven't watched Hard Knocks yet with the Colts, do yourself a favor and watch it. I forget what episode this is, but it may have been the first one or the second one. He just starts, like, after the game, he starts knocking on, he starts, like, knocking on the table singing, we will rock you. It's like, dude, this guy is doing this to an NFL team. I mean, it's the same guy that, remember, called Quentin Nelson after he was drafted and said, what's up, Quentin? What's up, man? Like, that guy is a complete embarrassment, okay? So be thankful that you have Robert Kraft when it comes to that over Jim Irsay. I've had my issues with Kraft over the past couple of years, the fact that he took no accountability for the whole Brady situation. And fine, if you wanted to move on, I was fine with it. If you want to move on from Brady, that's fine. But don't sit behind Bill and make it make it out to be like you had nothing to do with it. I mean, that was quite frankly embarrassing from Kraft's perspective. The guy's calling up Stephen A. Smith during his show. Takes no blame for it whatsoever. And then this offseason, he has the audacity to talk about, well, I hope we're better. I spent all this money in the offseason. You have the audacity to call it your coach? The guy that's been winning for you for two decades, you're going to call out the coach? I mean, give me a break. That was a joke. But anyway, how confident are you in this Patriots game coming up on Saturday night? And the game plan for the Colts has been revealed. They are daring Mac Jones to beat them in the passing game. Can he do it? 617-779-7937 is the number. I also, before I get into my main reason or my other reason that I believe the Patriots will win this game on Saturday night. The first one is the Colts' pass defense has not been good. They do not get after the quarterback. Just a 19.4% pressure rate. That's 30th in the NFL. I believe Mac's going to shred them. And I have got to imagine, considering the competitor that guy is, how laser-focused he is, and if you don't know how laser-focused he is, just listen to him with Merloni on Fourier each and every week. I mean, the guy will give you basically nothing in terms of outside of football stuff. That's all he cares about, football. And I love it in the quarterback, quite frankly. I truly do. That's a true statement. <laughs> Damn right it is, Mac. Okay, so I believe Mac's going to come out, and he is going to slice and dice up that Colts defense. That's the first reason I believe the Patriots went on Saturday night. The second one, I'll get to that in a second, but before I address that, address that rather, I believe this game should be personal for Bill Belichick. And you're saying, why? Well, it has nothing to do with Deflategate. It has everything to do with the coach on the other side. The coach on the other side is Frank Reich. Well, Frank Reich in the Super Bowl against the Patriots when the Eagles were in there against the Pats, he's the one that was calling the plays for Nick Foles. He, well, I guess technically Peterson was, but basically Frank Reich designed that offense, and he's the main reason that the Eagles beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. He was the one that came up with the game plan from an offensive perspective to beat Bill's defense. Now, if you ask Glenn Ordway, the reason that Malcolm Butler wasn't out there was because it was a heavy safety game plan, which is one of the worst takes I've ever heard. Bill did not adjust at halftime. Even if even if that was the case, which it wasn't, why wouldn't he adjust at halftime? So it's a horrible take by Ordway. But nonetheless, getting back to the original point, we know that Bill holds grudges. He's very good at it. We know that Bill likes revenge. Frank Reich pantsed Bill in the Super Bowl. His offense was better than Bill's defense. I, Tom Brady was incredible in that Super Bowl, and he didn't win because the defense sucked. They didn't play Malcolm Butler, and Frank Reich was unbelievable in terms of the game planning with Nick Foles and company. So this should be personal to Bill. Now, let me get to the second reason I believe the Patriots win this game. It's because I don't believe in Carson Wentz whatsoever. Some of his raw numbers may look good this season, but the reason that he's had success is Frank Reich. 
So, I mean, if you look at his numbers on the season, so l- let me just put this out there first. He's only completing 63.3% of his passes. Not great in the modern-day NFL. Next Gen has expected completion percentage. It's actually at 64.3%. So he's actually under what he should be doing in terms of his completion percentage by 0.9%. That's 23rd in the NFL. So he has not been as accurate as he should be. How about Mac Jones? So take this into consideration. Mac's completing, as we all know, 70.3% of his passes. I just like saying that. It's phenomenal. But anyway, he's 3.3% better than expected. Third in the NFL. Only Murray and Burrow are better when it comes to that. He's only supposed to be completing 67% of his passes. He's completing 70.3. So he's above the expectation. Carson Wentz is well below the expectation. And his number's at 63.3%. It's not good, right? The other thing I'd mention is this. It's not as if Wentz has difficult throws. He's at 7.8 intended air yards per attempt. That's 20th in the NFL. So it's not as if he's throwing the ball and pushing the ball down the field. He has easy passes that he's not delivering on. The other thing is this. Wentz is basically a beneficiary of having Frank Reich as his play caller. So if you look at Wentz on the season, 66 attempts out of RPOs. He has 120 attempts out of play action. If you look at his numbers in terms of the total yardage, 53% of his yards this season have come either in RPOs or play action. So essentially what that number tells you is that the coach is doing everything in terms of scheming this up. It's about Jonathan Taylor. It's about that offensive line in terms of the run game. And it's about Frank Reich. It's not about Carson Wentz. And I know that he hasn't turned the ball over as much as he has in previous seasons, but it's not like he's asked to do a difficult job. The other thing I mentioned is this. If you look at his on-target rate, he's at 74.4%. That's 22nd in the NFL. For comparison, Max at 5th at 79.7. So despite the fact that he's having a good year in terms of limiting the turnovers, he's not been an accurate quarterback this season. He's not throwing the football down the field. And his numbers have been elevated somewhat due to the fact that he has a really good play caller. That's why he's being successful. So I don't trust that Carson Wentz is going to have a good game against the Patriots on Saturday night. And just like we're going to see what the Colts have already told us what they're doing, what their game plan is, they're saying, hey, Mac beat us. That's going to be the same game plan for the Patriots. Sell up, sell out rather to stop Jonathan Taylor in that running game. Carson Wentz, I dare you to beat us. All right, so what are your expectations for Saturday night? If the game is on Mac's shoulders, can he do it? Can he beat the Colts when the Colts are going to dare him to throw? This is what everybody's been asking for. Hey, can Mac win you a game? They're going to ask Mac to win the game on Saturday night because the Colts are selling out to stop the run. I mean, we don't even have to guess about this one. They have told us they are selling out to stop the run. This is going to be all about Mac on Saturday night. I can't wait. All these questions, I guess not ultimately all these questions, but big questions are going to be answered Saturday night. Let's get to David. He's in a car tonight. David, what's up, man? Hey, good evening. Thank you for taking the call. So uh, I do believe, and I want to make a comment on Bill Belichick being stubborn and holding a grudge, but I do believe that they're going to win Saturday. Uh, I, the Colts is not. I think that the Colts are sort of a fraud team. I mean, they had some good wins. They had a couple good wins against Buffalo and, and against the 49ers. But then you look at the other wins that they had, who did they beat? They beat the Jets. They beat Houston. So they don't – and went, uh, Carson Winston there, I mean, he's going to – I guarantee he'll be crapping his pants. Okay, <laughs> I, I really do. He's gonna. He's going against Belichick. It, it's that that old thing. It's like he's going against a great, you know, uh, coach. And 
And Matt, I do believe that if there's a game that they're going to put on Matt's shoulders, this would be the game. It's indoors, controlled environment as far as weather-wise. So if you want to test this kid and see what he can do downfield, this is the place to do it. And, and I would not be surprised. I would know, not be surprised that it happens. Yeah, and you know what, David? I like the fact that basically the Colts are saying, hey, we're going to dare Mac to beat us. And I like the fact that if you look at it, the Colts' pass defense has not been good. They don't have much of a pass rush. This is set up nope. for Mac to succeed. It, it is. And then the, the other thing that I see on, uh, on Belichick being stubborn, you know, the comment that uh, the Crafts made, I mean, we're spending all this money. What, what are you going to do with it? I wouldn't be surprised that if he goes on to win a Super Bowl, that he decides to move on after that. I wouldn't be surprised. If he wins the Super Bowl, you're saying? Yep. If he was to win with the Patriots, if Belichick, which I think that I think the Patriots can go to the Super Bowl, I really do. And if they were to win it, I wouldn't be surprised if Belichick would say, "I'm done. I'm going to go elsewhere." And that elsewhere, to me, he's going to end up being someday. For a couple of years, is back on the Giants. He always no, speaks no. highly of the Giants. David, I got always two words. I got two words for you. He's not done. You know why? You know what the two words are? Don Shula. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. That's for sure. That's true. <laughs> hey, appreciate the call, my friend. Good stuff. His line's open. Uh, if you want to grab now? <laughs> you can grab his line at 617-779-7937. Yeah, Bill is chasing down Shula's record. No way around that. No way around that whatsoever. He's going to chase down Shula's record. And if he wins the Super Bowl, man. Talk about getting high on your supply. He's definitely going to be back. How could he not? You win a Super Bowl with Mac Jones in year one, then you're just going to step away? I mean, come on. If you're Bill, you're just getting going. I This is basically the ultimate thing you want in the NFL, a quarterback that is capable of winning at a high level on his rookie contract. There's nothing better than that in the NFL. Nothing better than that in the NFL. You can continue to stack up your roster. You can make mistakes in free agency. Heck, if you want to... Clown on Bill for the Nelson Aguilar signing. I mean, I give you a million other signings that were good. But nonetheless, if you want to do that, you can look at the fact that he's only got a two-year contract. He literally doesn't stop you from signing anybody next offseason. Nelson Aguilar does not hurt you. Even if Johnny Smith doesn't work, his contract doesn't hurt you. So if Bill wins a Super Bowl with this roster that he's just built together, this turnaround, there's no chance he leaves. In fact, I would say this. like It's much more likely that Tom decides to move on because, look, and I don't think he's going to. I know some people are leaning that way, that Tom's going to decide to hang it up after the season. But I just can't see Tom doing it either. If he continues to play at this type of level, Tom's going to win the MVP of the NFL. I don't know how you win the MVP of the NFL and then decide to bounce. Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I feel like Tom Tom's gonna, has said he'll retire when he sucks. He's nowhere near sucking. So I don't see either one of them leaving after this season. I would like to see... Tom versus Bill, and I've told you on multiple occasions, Tom does not want that smoke. Bill wants it. Tom does not. Tom was very uncomfortable playing against Bill and the Patriots in that game, and I guess I know it was a weather game, but Tom's played in a lot of weather games. He was not comfortable in that game. Bill will be comfortable. If he gets his opportunity at revenge on Tom, he will be. All right, 617-779-7937 is the number. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. A lot more to get into. Oh, including this. I do want to get to this for a second because – Mutt played this earlier. Him and Ben Charleston found this. One of the most asinine takes on Bill Belichick I believe I've ever heard. We'll get to it next here on WEI. We're right back to it. This is Brian Barrett on EEI. And what uh, what type of ball is Carson Wentz playing from what you've seen in your film review? 
Yeah, he's playing very, very efficient. Um, you know, he has a real strong arm. He's always been a been a big, strong quarterback for them. Um, so he he does a good job distributing the ball um, to the tight ends, the receivers, the backs. Um, like I said, runs a runs an efficient offense, and and they get, they get out to a quick lead um, early in the game. They score a lot of points early, which uh, again, when you're playing from ahead, you got the whole playbook open to you. Um, so. Uh, you know, run game, pass game, all the alternative plays instead of, you know, playing from behind and having to play catch up where most teams generally fall back on the pass game. Um, but, you know, that hasn't hasn't been much of a problem for them this year. They they jump out to a quick start and, um, you know, defense gives them a lot, of, a lot of opportunities with the way that they're taking the ball away. So uh, very good in all three phases, obviously. Uh, my man Bubba doing a great job over there, pulling everything together between offense and defense so um yeah they're they're a very good team um and it all it all ties in together for me all three phases all right so that was steve belichick in his weekly press conference talking about the colts and their offense so on the table tonight do you believe that if the game is on mac jones's shoulders on saturday night the pa- the patriots will win and why do you think the Patriots beat the Colts? Or do you think that the Colts are actually going to beat the Patriots? That's on the table at 617-779-7937. So I want to get to this real quickly. Steve Belichick mentioned something that Bill Belichick also mentioned. It's the first quarter scoring that they're worried about in terms of this game coming up on Saturday night. The reason for that is this. If you look at it on the season. So the Indianapolis Colts are fifth in the NFL in first quarter points. They average 6.6, almost a touchdown per first quarter. Now, by the way, if you're wondering where the Patriots are at, they're 5.4. That's 10th of the NFL. Dallas and Tampa tied for first at 7.2. But nonetheless, you get the point. Indy's a team that gets off to early, quick starts. And this is the reason that Steve Belichick and Bill Belichick are emphasizing that. It's very easy. They want to make the Colts one-dimensional. They want this game to be, just like the Colts are saying publicly, the Patriots aren't saying it publicly, they're giving you hints. Steve Belichick's giving you a hint. The Colts are just coming out, and they're telling you, we are daring Mac to beat us. Not those words exactly, but they're challenging Mac to beat them. They've said that publicly. They've already mentioned it. Steve Belichick and Bill Belichick are basically telling you in those comments that we want this game to be on Carson Wentz's shoulders because what we don't want is life to be easy for Carson Wentz. And life will be easier for Carson Wentz, even though I don't trust the player to begin with, but life will be easier for Wentz on Saturday night if that running game can continue to be part of the equation. What the Patriots have been so successful with during this winning streak is they get leads and they do not relinquish them. So they're playing the game on their terms and the opposition is not playing the game on their terms. That's exactly what they want to do with Carson Wentz. They want to expose Carson Wentz. So that's why Steve Belichick and Bill Belichick are emphasizing this week, we cannot allow them to score on us early. We cannot do it because if we do that, Carson Wentz is actually an effective player and the RPO game works for him and the play-action pass game works for them, we want to take that crap away from them. We want to take Jonathan Taylor out of the equation. The way we do that is we stop him in the first quarter. We trust that Josh McDaniels and the offense gets going early, and we get the lead so we can play the game on our terms. That's what they're telling you. Without basically saying, we're daring Carson Wentz to beat us like the Colts are coming out and saying, we're putting this on Mac. They're not telling you they want the game to be on Carson Wentz, but by what they're saying, they are telling you they want the game to be on Carson Wentz. All right, I also wanted to get to this. I heard Mutt play this earlier. Him and Ben Ben Charleston found this. I don't know where they found this. I've never actually watched this show. So I guess this is speak for yourself 
And it used to be like back in the day, Jason Whitlock. Whitlock's been like all over the place. That guy was at like ESPN, then Yahoo, then he went back to ESPN, then he went to Fox, then he left Fox, then he was with like Clay Travis. He left there. He's like with the Blaze or something. I can't keep track of how many places that guy hops around from. But nonetheless, the new speak for yourself, I guess it's not really that new, right? I mean, Emmanuel Acho has been there for a while. He's with Marcellus Wiley. So listen to what Emmanuel Acho says on why this is Bill Belichick's best coaching job. So I think all it would take to make this the most impressive season is an AFC championship appearance. Really? I don't even think they have to win a Super Bowl. reason I say this, remember what we're dealing with right now. Uh-huh. COVID. Okay. Why do I say that's of importance? Mm. Because last year, I believe the Patriots had the most opt-outs. Yes, eight. they did. So Bill Belichick had to get players to opt back in, and he didn't get everybody. Patrick Chung retires. Bill Belichick has to get some players to opt back in. You had him to opt back in, but you opt him back in, and who's the quarterback, coach? Because it ain't Cam, mm. and we at least don't want it to be Cam. We can't mm. really win no games like that with Cam. <laughs> Wait a second, you're you going to draft a, a rookie? And you want me, Dante Hightower, a 10-year vet, three-time Super Bowl champ, to come back and play a whole grueling season thinking we can win something with this rookie? Mm. You want me, Devin McCourty, an all-pro player, I believe another three-time Super Bowl champ, you want me to come back here and play a whole season, and you got a rookie out there, coach? Yeah, I do, actually, fellas. Mm. And we're going to make something of this season. So that is why I'm like, wait, if they just get to an AFC championship game, this now falls in line with most impressive. Okay, so this guy is a complete idiot. I mean, this is really unbelievable to me. So (laughs) first of all, let's address Hightower first. And let's address the whole COVID opt-out thing. The Patriots didn't have, they had a lot of players that opted out, but not many of importance, okay? So Dante Hightower, you think, Bill, it was difficult for Bill to convince Dante Hightower to come back this season? Do you really think it was difficult? Because he's making a base salary of $7.8 million. He has, in terms of the, he's got bonuses as well in this contract. So he's making nearly $8 million this season. You think Mrs. Hightower was like, yeah, honey, I want you to stay home. We're talking about $7.8 million, plus a couple of roster bonuses that he gets. You think that was a very difficult thing for Bill to do? You think that, He had to convince him, hey, we may have a rookie. And by the way, when Dante Hightower decided to play, they didn't have Mac Jones yet. So Emmanuel Acho's timeline is off. He's saying, yeah, hey, guys, we can win with this rookie. The rookie wasn't on the roster yet. Hightower was on the roster before Mac Jones was. We already knew he was not opting out of the season again or not retiring. We already knew that before they drafted Mac Jones. So his whole premise, I mean, and that's why I don't understand, like, is nobody helping these guys, like, prep for their show? Does nobody realize, like, if that's going to be his take, maybe he doesn't reveal his whole take before, but a lot of those shows are very orchestrated and pre-planned. Of course, to a certain extent, you got to be pre-planned. But if that's his take, how does nobody in the studio stop and be like, well, you know Hightower already decided to play before Mac was drafted by the Patriots, right? We already knew that. Okay, and then his his other one, he, he mentions the fact that Bill convinced Devin McCourty to return this season. You know how much money Devin McCourty's making this year? $8 million. You think that was tough for Bill to convince Devin McCourty to come back? It's $8 million. And I think, hey, Brian, these guys made a lot of money. Yeah, it's $8 million. You think Devin McCourty's just going to pass on? He signed, what, a two-year $23 million contract. He's good not getting $8 million of it. I mean, that's ridiculous. So first of all, he doesn't factor in the financial opportunity for both these guys. That's part of the equation. They're not just going to pass on all that money. It's not like they're making league minimum. Both these guys are making $8 million around that in base salary this season. 
So they weren't just going to opt out of that particular situation, right? Not to mention, he, McCourty got 2.1 at signing and almost another million dollar in roster bonuses. So you think McCourty's like, yeah, I'm good. So first of all, it's an asinine take that he needed to convince McCourty and Dante Hightower that they could win with the rookie quarterback. They had already agreed to come to the team, not to mention the financial ramifications of all this. But here's the other thing I would factor in, and Mutt mentioned this earlier. When we're talking about the Patriots, there is no way that you can argue anything other than a Super Bowl is Bill's most impressive season. He's won six as a head coach. So when we're talking about the greatest coaching job of Bill Belichick's career, even if, and I have acknowledged on multiple cases, you know me, this turnaround, I've said it's the best offseason in NFL history. So even with all that being said, for this to be Bill Belichick's best coaching job, he has to finish the job and win a Super Bowl. We're talking about the Patriots. We're not talking about some crappy franchise like the Minnesota Vikings or the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're talking about the New England Patriots. For this to be Bill's best coaching job, he needs to finish the job, and he needs to be able to win a Super Bowl. And here's the other thing that baffles me about Emmanuel Acho's argument there. When, like, his number one reason for this being Bill's best coaching job, if he makes it to the AFC Championship game, even if he loses there, I would disagree with the argument. I heard Mutt mention earlier 2001. I would agree with him. I believe 2001 is one of the best coaching jobs we'll ever see in the history of the NFL. He destroyed the greatest show on turf. Years later, they would switch the rules because Peyton Manning and Bill Polian were bitching about him, right? So they beat up the Rams team in the Super Bowl. I mean, an amazing performance in terms of what they did from a defensive perspective. The whole thing before the game, too. When they said we're going to be announced as a team, I mean, geez, gives you goosebumps thinking about that. Justin Turpin, who's producing, he wasn't alive yet. Actually, were you alive for the Super Bowl? I was, yes. Okay, you were alive for the Super Bowl. You were like a month old. Yes, a month. One of your favorite Patriots memories. Yeah, exactly. So are you watching Man in the Arena? Because you can relive this crap. So I am, but I'm not really like, like, it's not really as interesting to me. It's because it's like, I can't relate to how things happened. Yeah, because you weren't born yet. Exactly. Jeez, man. It's kids these days. It's kids. But, oh, anyway. What, what were, oh, the Emmanuel Acho thing. So there are many, like, and so I agree with Mutt that it's 0-1. It's a great point by Mutt. That's definitely his best coaching job. But the other thing I would say in terms of Acho, if you are going to try to make that argument, there's so many reasons you can do it. He's winning with a rookie quarterback, right? The fact that he got rid of Stephon Gilmore because he bet on J.C. Jackson. He said that J.C. Jackson can be a legitimate, bona fide number one corner. Which we questioned after last season because of the Monday night game against Stephon Diggs. Everybody was harping on that. But Bill was right, projecting that he was going to be a legitimate shutdown corner. Matthew Judon is a guy that set a career high already in sacks, set a career high already in pressures. So in Baltimore, and I won't go as far as what Kyle Van Oy said to Chris Long last week where he said he was basically a rotational guy. He wasn't a rotational guy, but this is the most percentage of the snaps he's ever played in his career. So Bill projected that this guy was going to be an absolute monster as a pass rusher and be one of the top five pass rushers in the NFL this season. Bill projected that, and he schemed it up for him. Not to mention a guy like Christian Barmore coming in as a rookie who's already commanding double teams. You also look at the fact that Ramondre Stevenson was a fourth-round pick, who I would argue is already better as a back than Damian Harris. So all these guys that Belichick essentially has coached up and the free agency brought in, that's a much better argument than the COVID situation. You got one guy back from that, Dante Hightower, and his whole idea of, oh, the Patriots are so much better this year because they have the guy back from the opt-out in Dante Hightower. Hightower's been okay this season. Does anybody, like when you name the key Patriots defenders, when does Hightower come into the equation right now? 
Because obviously one and two are J.C. Jackson and Matthew Judon. Okay, and then after that, I would put McCourty on the list as well. I would put Barmore on the list before I got to a guy like Hightower. And quite frankly, Godchow's had a really good season, and he's come on really as of late. You look at Van Noy. I know Van Noy's numbers aren't great this season, but he was, I would argue, the defensive MVP of the game. Well, I guess I'd give it a Godchow. But the other guy I would give consideration to is Van Noy against the Bills because he's the one that kept Allen in the pocket from sneaking out. Okay, I mean, Gresh would love it. The integrity of the pass rush was unbelievable in that particular situation from Van Noy. So when you look at all these different things in terms of why the Patriots are where they are, getting Dante Hightower to come back from COVID is very low on the list of why the Patriots are where they are right now. Nothing against Hightower, but for that to be the main reason to your argument of why this is Bill Belichick's best coaching job is that he convinced Dante Hightower to play. I mean, what an idiot. The guy's making $8 million, okay? And he's like the sixth best player on the Patriots defense. I mean, that is an absolutely horrific take. All right, 617-779-7937 is the number. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. So a couple of other things I want to get into. So first of all, we thought that Bill and Tom kind of solved all their differences, that 20-minute meeting after the Patriots and the Bucks games. Well, maybe not, okay? We get some evidence of that plus... What did last night's game mean for the Celtics? We'll get into that in a little bit right here on WEA. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.